Hi, everybody. Bob Lobel, New England sports legends, and uh, we certainly have one for you today. Uh, the great number nine, the chief, Johnny Busick. Uh, interesting enough, John, that your career, you played for the Bruins 13 years before they won that first of two cups with uh, Orr and company. Yeah, right. We, uh, I came here in 57, and uh, we won the first cup in 70. Then we won one in 72, of course. We should have won about four in a row because we did have a powerhouse, but sometimes that's fate. You know, we run into a hot goalkeeper, and uh, that's what happens. Speaking about hot goalkeepers, you were traded for one of the great goalkeepers of all times to, De to Detroit. Yeah, Terry Sachik. Uh, he was here in Boston and got traded for him. So well, Maybe they'd have won four more Stanley Cups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying that, but you know, goaltending. Goaltending is so important nowadays, yes. It's a, it's a big factor. You look at some of the teams, like this year, that uh, L.A. won the, uh, the the trophy because of uh, the goaltending. And, uh, you know, he just stood on his head. Last year when we won it, Timmy Thomas uh, did a great job for us. So goaltending is very important. We had a guy by the name of Dryden beat us out one year with Montreal. And then we had, uh, well, Bernie Perrant beat us when we played Philadelphia. Uh, so you got to have goaltending, and you got to have special teams. Yeah, but they didn't think so. They traded you for, uh, they traded Sawchuck for you, so apparently you were a higher well, commodity for them. Well, I, I think the story behind that was so Terry was not happy in Boston, and uh, he wanted to go to Detroit, and they worked out a deal, which was probably the biggest break of my life because coming to Boston was something else, and I was reunited at that time with Bronco Horvath and Vic Stasiak, who I played with in the minors. And that put us back together, so I was like coming, you know, right playing with the guys I played with, and we were familiar, and called the Uke line at that time, and uh, we had quite a time. Yeah, th these are Boston Bruin legends. I mean, they had such a great fan base. Uh, they still do, but back then it was, it, it was, must have been terrific. Well, especially, you only had six teams. So when you think about it, there's only like, that's. 120, uh, 120 players to play and uh, to be in the National Hockey League was a big thing and and that's every kid's dream. I never ever thought I'd be in it, you know. And then to find out I played for 23 years, <laughs> that's something else too. But uh, I've had a good run. Uh, I've had a lot of fun. I'm still with the Bruins, uh, 55 years now. So uh, how many people can say they've Not been many. with one organization Not with many. one job? No. And uh, so I've been quite happy here and uh, you know the fans have been great we have such great fans here and all my management my bosses have always been good to me so I've been very happy well when you play 23 years and when you're with one organization for that long a lot of things happen a lot of awards come your way people don't realize I mean I didn't realize till we had a chance to sit down and talk this morning and some of our friends uh, one uh, Rick Cavalera custom crafted where we're doing the show Put up this great set of all your jerseys that you wore, and this actual—I uh, don't know what you oh, call it. It's a—it's a big yeah. version of a stamp that it's you're on a, in Canada. I'm on a Canadian stamp, and that's the picture of the stamp. Uh, it was on one year, and uh, that was quite a thrill too. I think they only had about 20 uh, NHLers, all retired ones, that uh, they put on a stamp and. Uh, Rene Robert, remember him with Buffalo? He was the one that was instigating it all, so I was quite fortunate to get on it. But leading goal scorer for the Boston Bruins all time, 
No one will, a lot of people would shake their head and say, no, there have been plenty of great goal scorers, you know, how, how Esposito or you name it, how could Busick be the leading goal scorer all time? How many goals? As a Bruin, I had uh, 545 goals, yeah. And it took a lot of years to do that, and a lot of those years were just six teams, but now uh, players don't last that long. They move around because they get traded or they go, you know, free agency, they go to another team where they can make more money, so that's going to be a record. It's going to be pretty tough for someone yeah, to break. That, that's never going to be broken. Leading goal scorer all-time, Boston Bruins, Johnny Busick. Uh, remember that. But, and the 500th goal, you have a medallion around your neck. You told me before we started taping that that had a pretty special meaning. Maybe you could just hold it up a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Yeah, that's it. That's it right there. And, and what, it, what happened there? We'll take now, a close-up of that. That's good. See, when I, when I scored my 500th goal, we had five left-wingers that year. They thought I was going to retire by then. So they, we had five left wingers. And the beauty of that, which was quite a surprise to me, it's not a team thing, not a league thing. It was the other four left wingers that got together and bought that. That's the greatest trivia question I have. Who were they? Uh, two of them are easy to get. The other two are tough. But I was quite you know, thrilled, and I thought that was so great. I wear that quite a bit. Especially when I try to play golf. You know, It's my good luck charm. It's, who were they? Well, you had Cashman and Marcotte. Those are the okay, easy ones, okay, right? Yeah. And then you had Forbes Kennedy and Hank Nowak. Those are the tough ones. Heard of them, but you yeah, know what? They're not it. conversational <laughs> names. These jerseys yeah. behind me that, that Rick Cavallero put up for us, these are all jerseys that you wore in your 23-year uh, career. Do you remember them? Do you well, know what years? Are you, uh, no, I don't remember them well. You know, I just... Uh, Kept changing them when we had to. Well, I had 23 years, Bob, but 21 of them was with the Bruins. That's true. My right. first two years were in Detroit. He didn't have a Detroit one hanging up. <laughs> we'll have to talk That's to him about right. that. You know what? When the show goes to Detroit, we can get it. De <laughs> yeah. We'll but, move uh, it there. Yeah, some of them. There's one back in the 60s. And, you know, like this one. The, yeah, that was back in the 60s, and this one here was in the late 60s, and we had them in the 70s. So you do remember? Some of it, yeah, but you know, I remember the yellow one all the time, and the story behind that, we had a goaltender, Pearl was his name, and uh, I'll, I'll never forget when he uh, complained, they were scoring goals on him, and he, Lynn Patrick was the GM, and he says, can't see the puck because when they shoot it, it gets mixed up with the blue outfits, or the black, and he says, we gotta do something. So we came out with yellow pants and yellow sweaters, everything really? yellow. Didn't help. <laughs> I can remember we played against Detroit. <clears throat> Ted Lindsay, I'll never forget that. He yelled at me, "Hey, Chief, how's the bumblebees doing?" You know, because <laughs> that's what we looked like. But uh, yeah, a lot of fun with some of the sweaters. All right, the nickname, <clears throat> the Chief. I mean, it's been with you for a while. When did you get it? How did you get it? What's the story behind it? Well, that's what my first year of pro was in Edmonton, and that's when I played with Bronco Horvath and Vic Stasiak. Ukraine. Yeah, but in, in Detroit and, and Edmonton, uh, Bronco used to always say to me, you're big and strong. He says, you get in the corners. You're the chief. You're the boss. You get the puck. I'll be in front of the net. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. He stood in front of the net. I dug the puck out to him and gave it to him, and he would score a lot of goals. He had one of the best wrist shots i ever seen. He was great, but we had a lot of fun together. And then, of course, I was like a team organizers, you know, when we're doing something, I was always in charge and do this, do that. 
So the nickname just stuck with me. And, and I guess with my complexion, a lot of people figure I have some Indian blood yeah, in that me. Yeah, that would have yeah. been my... I was waiting for that part of the story, but there is no part of the story that has anything to do with that. No, I'm a full-blooded Ukrainian. So anyway, but uh, yeah, I, and the name's still there. Everybody still calls me Chief. But that's a good piece of information. It has nothing to do with an American Indian heritage. No. I think or, or Canadian Indian heritage. The biggest shock anybody ever had was Stan Jonathan. I mean, he idolized me. He's a full-blooded Indian. Uh, he asked me one day, he says, well, what, what, do you, what tribe do you belong to? And I said, Stanley, I says, I'm a full-blooded Ukrainian. I thought his jaw was going to drop on the floor. He just, what? <laughs> but then he says, well, I don't care. You're still the best. <laughs> He's, uh, he had a unique style, oh, Stan yeah. Jonathan. He's probably I, one of the toughest little players I've ever seen play. And could he fight? Yeah, could he fight? Could yeah. you fight? I didn't fight too often. I had four fights, and I won all five of them. As <laughs> <laughs> I figured that one out. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, you know, I wasn't a believer in fighting for. Uh, I, I wanted to be a goal scorer, and I said, if you fight, you're in the penalty box. You're not going to score goals. And uh, but when it, uh, when I had to fight, I did fight, and uh, I didn't. Can't recall losing any. But were they, in those uh, days, Bobby, you go back into the 70s, I played at 220 pounds. I mean, that's... Today. Today's weight. Yeah. And, and in those days, I was probably one of the heaviest in the league. Totally. So and I had, there were a lot of little guys. Yeah, and uh, I used to, my hips a lot. Everybody used to love my hip check. Yeah, but you'd be illegal today. Oh, yeah. What, yeah. What, now, the hip check Everything is like... Changed. Well, I don't... You hit them in the midsections. You just throw that... But you don't undercut them. No. That, there's a big difference, and I had the knack for it. I used to catch them coming around the net, but... Well, when you're 220 pounds... It hurt. <laughs> Not me, it hurt them. Yeah. I think I'm paying the price now, though. <laughs> I can predict the weather. Okay. You know? We're so, all paying the price. Yeah. Okay, you're right. But anyway, it was fun, and, uh, you know, what you got to do with that hip check, you got to have it, you coordinate it with your centerman. And Bronco was one of the best. He used to change them around, the, chase the player around behind the net. Of course, the player is looking down... The puck, and that's when you come and you get them. Bang. Bang. Don't keep your head down, right? No, no, that's a lesson they learn. And they still, yeah. they still have to learn that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you still see a lot of it. But now, you don't see too many hip checks. You'll see the odd one. Leo Boyvin, remember him? Yes. He used to be one of the best. I thought I was good, but he was a little better. Because he was shorter, stockier. Boy, he hit you. You felt it. Now, here's the deal. Helmets, protection. Everything's geared toward protection. I don't. I doubt that you guys had a whole lot of protection. Oh, I I never wore shoulder pads. I just wore caps. Never wore a helmet in my whole career. And shin pads. I think right nowadays you see some little kid playing pee wee hockey would have the pads I had on. They're very thin, very light. But uh, you know, and the other thing was too, we respected the players. You never seen anybody getting hit over the head with a stick or, you know, getting a high hit. You didn't see much of that at all. It was more respect, I think, than there is now. Now a lot of players get out there and they just try to hurt you. You know, it, it's a shame. Why? How? Why has that evolved? Because of the is it the equipment? Is it just such a? Now that you have all that protection, you feel like you can be a bad guy. Well, yeah, and you know, you get, it gives some guys a little more uh, bravery, you know, they feel yeah. a little stronger because like the shoulder pads and all that, you're almost like you're in an armor, 
like, you know, it, it doesn't hurt. You get hit, you don't get hurt. But in our days, uh, everybody had just felt shoulder pads. And it was lighter, so it was easier for you to work with. And the shin pads were lighter. Everything was lighter. But there was no desire to hurt anybody. It was just... Not in those days, no. I mean, you used to, you know, everybody asked me what was my worst injuries, and I've separated both shoulders, and both of them were actually freaks. Rocket Richard took me into the boards one time, and I got, my shoulder got caught on top of the dasher, and I split and I pulled it apart. And then Pierre Pilat, another guy who never played physical or dirty, he did the other shoulder, same type of thing. I just, the way you go into the boards. And I fell, and I separated both those. But I've never broken a bone, except my nose, but I've never broken any bones. And I did break a bone playing carpenter, <laughs> you know fell off a ladder. But <laughs> other than that, uh, no, I came out of it pretty good. But there was no, was there, there wasn't even talk of concussions back then, was there? No, no. We we used to think it was just a headache. We'd take an aspirin and, and go. But, you know, you got to recall, when you had 20 players and that's all they carried, if you got hurt and somebody came up, was hot, you could lose your job. So you played hurt. Yeah. We worried. We didn't have long-term contracts. I had one long-term contract for three years my whole career. Everything was a year. And I think that gave me the incentive to really work hard because if you wanted to stay there and play another year, you had to produce. So I had a lot of 20 goal years. That's about, uh, Chief, today they're bigger, stronger, faster, better protected. It, it's a whole different game. In oh, fact, yeah. I don't know if you're a big fan of the shootouts during the regular season. I can't stand them, but uh, I, you know, so that's why I I wish they'd just start with the playoffs at the beginning of the year and forget the regular season. Yeah, well, we, we, we didn't have too many uh, shootouts after the game. We always had another 10-minute period after that, and I, I used to like that. Uh, it was always nice to have a penalty shot, though. That was always good. I mean, that brings a little excitement to the lost start? Yeah, yeah, you don't see too many. No, they score like, no. a, I think yeah. the ratio is like one in five penalty yeah. shots no. are scored. I th and I don't recall exactly how many I had. I think I had four or five. I know I scored about three of them. But that, that's a big thing, too. A penalty shot brings a lot of excitement. Uh, and I'm sure the shootout nowadays, a lot of people enjoy it. I but don't think so. A lot don't. I don't think so. You don't. I, I don't. I'd rather see another 10 minutes, earn it, work for it, let the team work. You know, I, you brought this, the uh, penalty shot thing in, and we're not here to discuss rules, and we're not going to send it to the the uh, head headquarters or whatever, but it's, it seems to me if, if they had more, if they called more penalty shots during the course of the game, uh, it would be much more exciting for fans than to sit around and watch a shootout. Yeah, I, I think so because it's a little more more pressure. I'm sure there is. You know, when you penalty shots are, it is stressful when you get out there. When you got that stressful you, for you or for the goal? Well, fighter? for both, even for yourself. But you got. 18,000 fans yelling and cheering you on, especially if you're on home ice. Your hair just stands right up. So <laughs> you get a little well, nervous out there. You still have some. <laughs> yeah. I know. I shouldn't have died in a change of color. Oh, yeah. You'd be looking like 20-something. <laughs> uh, when you played 13 years uh, and never and probably didn't make the playoffs, 16s, how many teams made the playoffs during that 16? Well, you had, you had your four teams. And then that made the playoffs. The other two teams 
had to go out and find another job in the summer, and that was us for eight straight years. Eight we never straight played, years we when you played. Never made Be playoffs. Before the, the 69, before the yeah. cup. Then I went out and worked, Bob. I had to get a job. I used to drive a tow truck. I used to grease cars, change tires, pound out fenders, but I did that every summer. I was lucky and fortunate enough when I went back to Edmonton, I had that job waiting for me because it was good for the, the, the garage that I worked for. When somebody would go on holidays, I would do his job. So uh, I was able to... But every player had to have a, an off-season job. Oh, sure. Yeah. We didn't get the big bucks. And you, there was really no television. Uh, 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 no. Hockey Night in Canada for <laughs> no. John Vesey. Harry Simmons once told us, he says, if he had a bunch of us like we did in the 70s and had to pay him like they are now, he says we couldn't afford it. Well, Harry's, you know... He would never afford he it couldn't anyway. afford, right. <laughs> yes. Am I right? Or right? Yeah. No. Harry was He terrific. was Jeremy Jacobs' perfect guy. Yeah, well, he was good, though. But I, I you know, I loved playing for him I, as coach, and he was a GM. And uh, we accomplished what everybody wanted accomplished, and that's winning the Stanley Cup. I mean, I guess hockey's been, been good to you. I, I don't know what you would have done if you weren't playing, weren't in hockey for 55 years. I'd probably years. be servicing cars, <laughs> you know. Pumping gas or something. Yeah, no, I've, I've enjoyed it, but I, not only hockey, but the organizations have been good to me. You know, it starts with the Adams when I first came here, and, and to be able to stay on for so long. And I've been very fortunate with all of the coaches and all of the GMs that I've worked for that we got along, and they, they appreciate what I do. And loyalty is a big thing. You don't see too much of that anymore. You know, everybody uh, just want to go where the big bucks are. I, you can't blame them because now most careers maybe last 10 years at a pretty good average. But you know, Not 23. Not 23. Not exactly. 21 with the same team. But now you get players that uh, might score 10 goals or something but they'll get over a million dollars. I think it took me 10 years to get to that back. <laughs> no jealousy no. on your part? Uh, no. We never knew what a, any other player. When we played, we didn't know what Bobby made. I didn't know what Phil made. We didn't care. We just wanted to play, and that made a big difference. But now everybody knows what everybody makes, and now they got some negotiating power. Yeah. Well, he he only scored five goals and he got a million dollars. I got ten goals. I should get twice as much. You know? So it's crazy. This organization and you were a huge part of it in the whole transition. I mean, there were decades when the Bruins played, and and most people only know the names and never saw them play, but when you came on the scene, it was like a change in generation, and the whole media thing changed while you were here. It became, and it's still changing. Well, especially in the 70s. I think uh, our, our organization and our teams in the early 70s, when we won the Cups, just brought hockey into New England. I mean, all of a sudden, hockey took over the sports world. It was great. We couldn't go anywhere on the streets. People would, not, would recognize you. Nowadays, you know, with all the equipment, the helmets, the players wear, the identification is a little tougher for the for the fans on the streets. Right, that's true. They could see yeah. four Bruins walking down Newbury Street and not not have an idea no. who they are. But they would know us from those days. I remember. I keep. I've told a story before. I was in Burlington, Vermont, one, working at a radio station there, and they, the Bruins were going from I get Boston to Montreal, and for some reason the plane had to land in Burlington because there was fog and to take a bus and the, the word got out and there were thousands of fans yeah. in Burlington, Vermont watch, just to watch the Bruins get off a plane and get on a bus. <laughs> just to see and try to get an autograph. Yeah. yeah. 
But uh, those were great years, and we had a lot of fun. I never wore no helmets, you know. And the thing was, too, because the fans would see you in a restaurant or in a bar or whatever, and they would know you, recognize you, and come and talk to you. And we'd sit there and talk to them. Like you. And hope you'd buy the next round. So, <laughs> so why, historically, and then, you know, we can wrap this up. You've been great. Uh, why do you think hockey players, historically, have been like regular guys, have been the most friendly, have been unlike baseball players that can be really surly, or, or basketball players that are unavailable, or... Why were, were hockey guys always the best guys to deal with? I'm not, you know, I, that's a tough one to answer, but basically... Take my word for it. That was That's true. No, I, I'm not arguing that point out with you, Bob, but the thing is, it must be something to do with the way we're brought up as youngsters, and it just, you know, you just, we know we want the fans, you need the fans, and it's, somehow it's put in your mind when you first come, hey, don't shrub the fans. They're paying your wages. Plus, yeah. I mean, it might have been a compliment to be recognized. Oh, I, I think it was great. I used to love it when I'd go on the road and people would boo you because when they're booing you, you know they're thinking of you. So that would just give you a little extra energy. How? I said that was the last question. I lied. <laughs> How? Uh, when you went back home in the, in the off-season and yet there was no television and you know how how did that recognition come about? How did everyone know that you were the chief and you and you played for the Boston Bruins, whether you made the playoffs or not? A lot of lot of, lot of it was in the papers. The local papers would carry it, and they'd have pictures of you. People would recognize it, so that would be no problem, no problem at all. And I know a couple of times when I was driving the tow truck at the garage, I went and towed some cars up, and the people would look, aren't you Johnny Busick? You know, all surprised that I was driving a tow truck. I said, yeah. yeah. It still makes but, you feel good, right? Oh, sure. Yeah, they recognize you. Did you have any enemies? Uh, any just, guys? Just the four guys that I beat up in my playing days. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. I don't think so. I don't think so, right? No. No. No, it was... no I've had, uh, you know... Even nowadays, when you run into some of the players you played against, you, you're friends with them. I mean, we play in a lot of golf tournaments for different charities, and and you, you know, you see some of the guys you played with, and it's always nice to chat with them. Hall of Fame moment. Hall of Fame moments, you know. You what was the Hall of Fame thing like? Well, that was great. That was a, a great honor. I, you know, I'll never forget that though. <laughs> as long as I lived, when I was first got the phone call. My mother says, what's the matter? And I says, I've just been indicted to the Hall of Fame. She says, what? What did you do wrong? You know, I said, what do you mean? Instead of inducted, I should have indicted. You know? the, number, the number nine is, a, is an iconic number in hockey. I think mm. 10 in soccer, number nine in hockey. Why is, why is that? Why is you number know, nine like the big, the big number? I don't know why. You know, you, and you look at some of the players that have worn them, and in the past, and they're all retired. You start off with the Rocker Richards, Gordy Howe, Bobby, Bobby Hull. All number nines. All number nines. Then you had Andy Bathgate. But a lot of teams uh, now what they've done is honor it for three or four years. They don't retire, but they just honor it. So that, and that's changing because they're running out of low numbers. <laughs> so well, Usually the low numbers from goaltender to defensemen yeah. on out, right? Yeah. And, uh, 
And we have quite a few numbers that are retired, and most of them are all low numbers. Yeah. So. But of all the things, the retired number, the Hall of Fame, the Stanley Cup, all those, you know, some individual awards, team awards, where does, what's the peak, what's the top of the mountain for you? Well, I think the top was when we won the Stanley Cup See, in It's always the same thing. This is right. Yeah. Yeah. That was the best. And then this little medal meant a lot to me. You know, the, 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 for four individuals, buying it on their own and surprising me with it, you know, here you got five of us looking for three jobs, you know, and then for them to do it, I was very proud of that. You know, probably, probably say, okay, take this and go home. <laughs> Try to go home so we can, we can play. I know a lot of, lot of left-wingers that came up in, the, in those days, too, got traded because I, I wasn't ready to quit. He's the chief, and it's all Ukrainian. It has nothing to do with <laughs> the Indian heritage, which I think will surprise a lot of people. Oh, yeah. I think if people could go back to one flew over the cuckoo's nest and see the chief who had a, had a big role in there, but that was his nickname, so it's just... Well, when they, when they retired my number, Stan Jonathan's mother made me a war bonnet, and it's beautiful. All hand done. Really? E real eagle feathers uh, embroidered on the back, so when you bend, bend over, it opens up. It's got a bunch of brewing stuff in it. Yeah, it's hanging up in our museum at the garden. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, so if you get a chance at the garden, go to the sports museum. Yeah. Check yeah. out that. It's there. It's okay, number nine. All right. Chief, thanks a lot. My pleasure, Bob. All right. That was good to see you. Uh, me too. Thanks. That's going to take care of it for this week's Sports Legends, the great one. Legends Boston has been a presentation of Unanchored Media, a Burke Advertising LLC company. Executive producer, Jim Burke. Show updates and information can be found at legendsboston.com.